0: Thank you for joining us on Blind Vet, Now What? Where we discuss life beyond diagnosis for veterans and their support systems.
1: We do ask that you keep in mind that policies and technologies may have updated by the time you're listening to this.
0: My name is Ashley Boyer and I am a certified vision rehabilitation therapist and I am located at the Augusta VA healthcare system. With me I have. I'm
1: Rebecca Foley, I'm the Polytrauma Bros, uh, Certified Orientation Mobility Specialist and Certified Vision Rehab Specialist.
0: I feel like I should throw my title in there. I am the Family Outreach Coordinator. (laughs) (laughs) Here at the Augusta Blind Rehab Center. Yes.
1: All right. So today's topic, what are we talking about today, Ashley? Legal blindness. What is it? I know. There's lots of misconceptions out there about that.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. You mean it's not just total blackness? Isn't that blindness? No, no,
1: no. And it's definitely not as simple as like if you were just going to close your eyes. You know, somebody who's blind, there's a way, way, way more of a spectrum than that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that kind of sounds like life, right? Nothing is ever clear cut. So let's go into it because maybe just maybe we'll hear less people asking, oh, you mean it's not just pitch black?
1: (laughs) Right, so today we're gonna talk about legal blindness. And by that, I mean, what are the thresholds for legal blindness and what does that even mean? What we're not gonna talk about today is the different services if you have been declared legally blind. Um, These thresholds are measured by optometrists or ophthalmologists, and if you have questions regarding how that relates to you and your benefits or your family member's benefits within the Department of Veteran Affairs, please speak to your social worker, your VIST coordinator, or the Veterans Benefit Administrations for questions regarding how benefits relate to you. Also, please keep in mind that There are legal standards when it comes to driving, and yes, people who are declared legally blind can drive in some circumstances. Those circumstances can vary by state, and so we're going to save you that headache of diving into each and every one. We will talk about legal blindness in kind of a federal legal definition sense today.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because talking about 50 states and any U.S. provinces and regions that that's a lot right
1: and how you know somebody's visual status relates to what those standards are and laws can vary quite a bit and that should be discussed Mm -hmm. with your optometrist yes
0: all right so let's go ahead and go into the legal blindness definition so that is a visual acuity of 20 over 200 or worse in the better eye with the best correction or a visual field that subtends to an angle of 20 degrees or less. Wow,
1: that just sounds like you read a legal document for me, Ashley. What does that even mean?
0: Well, acuity, that refers to the clarity or sharpness of your vision. So technically um, rates a person's ability to recognize small details within um, a a precision
1: okay okay so does that have to
0: do with like those charts with the biggie at the top one thousand (laughs) percent one thousand percent and you know so that's called a snellen chart not smelling but snellen with an n
1: (laughs) i gotcha okay and that
0: measures distance and um it's represented as a fraction so each eye is measured separately and then um you know when you go to the eye exam, hopefully everybody that's listening has been and had one of those. If not, go. It is time. Right. <laughs> so they do one eye, the other eye, and then you get to see with both eyes, um, and kind of you know going over the chart with that. So near acuity can be measured uh, to assess reading abilities, but not for legal blindness. And um, some a fun experience that happened to me recently is because getting closer to the big 4.0. So my eye exam had a near vision component added to it. Right. Now, testing your
1: near visual acuities is something that may happen in an appointment with an optometrist. But when we're talking about the legal definition of blindness and what your acuity is, it's actually for distance. And so that's about 20 feet or greater from that. So you might have your near acuity measured, but that's not Um, included in the legal definition of blindness.
0: That is a really good point to add in there.
1: Now we know that it's a fraction and I know I'm pretty sure most people have heard 20-20 vision, but the legal definition said 2,200. Now, 20-20, a lot of people think is perfect vision, but that's not quite right. It's actually more of a baseline for what's considered normal or average vision. That is, you know, some people can actually see better than that, whether they can already or if they wear glasses, they can actually be corrected to maybe 2015. Now, that's a lot of numbers there, lots of fractions. What does that even break down to? The top number refers to the distance from the chart. Now, typically this is 20 feet, but sometimes it could be measured at 10 feet. A lot of times that's maybe just due to the size of the exam room you may be in or the Mm -hmm. size of the chart. Um, But typically it's 20 feet and we use just math conversions if it's something else. The bottom number indicates the distance at which a person with normal eyesight could read the same line.
0: Remember, we're calling normal eyesight 20-20.
1: 20-20 is normal, not perfect. Mm -hmm. So if your visual acuity is 20-70, let's say it means you need to be 20 feet away from something that people with average vision can see from 70 feet away. So 2,200, that means you need to be 20 feet away from something to see clearly that the average person can see from 200 feet away.
0: Remember, that's where legal blindness starts. Exactly. So, Oftentimes, a lot of the veterans that we're working with, um, their, their vision is, I, I don't really want to say worse, but it's it's a higher number than 200, like it can right. be 400 or so on and so forth. So that just kind of gives you a good idea of the distance and, and how, how that all kind of plays in. So I don't know if you were listening when I read that very clinical definition, but it said in the better eye. So what does that mean?
1: So everybody's eyes are a little different. Even, you know, the average person who wears glasses, they might have noticed on their eyeglasses prescription that the numbers for each lens isn't exactly the same. Um, So what this means is that for meeting that 2,200, or the other um, con, you know, considerations that we're gonna talk about with the legal definition of blindness, mm-hmm. it means in your better eye. So what you might consider your good eye, the eye that sees better than the other one or sees more than the other one. If your good eye meets the thresholds for legal blindness, your worse eye may be well below that. So your right eye may be 2200 and your good eye Wait, I think I mixed those up. So your good eye would be twenty two hundred and your worse eye might be something like twenty-six hundred, for example. Mm-hmm. In that case, you would still meet the like legal definition of blindness. Now let's say your good eye is twenty seventy and your bad eye is twenty two hundred. Would you consider that person legally blind, Ashley?
0: No, because
1: you said the good eye, twenty seventy. Right, right. So in that case, you know, we might be able to relate, you know, you're close to the legal you know threshold for blindness but you're in a legal sense no you are not considered legally blind
0: however you are on a low vision spectrum we'll call it right
1: there's again though there is no definition in a legal sense for low vision no um, in our field we do kind of have 2070 as a pretty accepted Air, you know, kind of zone for when yeah. somebody's considered low vision. Um, but 2200 is where that legal definition falls in. Now, with that better eye, there's also that key that in the definition, it needs to be with best correction. So that means during testing, you are wearing the best glasses or contacts, or you've had all of the eye procedures needed or the treatments needed. Your vision is at its absolute best and you still Mm -hmm. are only reading 2200 here's where you're gonna hear a lot of those people who say oh i'm legally blind without my glasses sorry if you hear somebody say that they are in fact not legally blind (laughs) because if you're 2200 but your glasses correct you to 2020 you're pretty far away from being legally blind. Sure, you know, without glasses, but even in the definition includes that you have to have your best correction. So if best correction puts you above 2,200, you're not legally blind.
0: However, you take my glasses away and holy goodness, please someone give me a cane. (laughs) Someone help me play the game I hate, help Ashley find her glasses. Right, right. So functionally, you may be blind without your glasses, but legally, no. No, yes, definitely not not legally. Well, um,
1: that takes care of the acuity, which is kind of the clarity of your vision. So what's that whole second half of the definition that we got going on there, Ashley?
0: Mm, visual field. So um, that's the total area a person sees when they're looking at a single fixed point without moving their eyes side to side. Uh, what is the, the range for that, Rebecca? So the
1: average person can see a visual field. So if you're looking out in front of you and you focus your eyes and fixate on a single point, if you pay attention without moving your eyes side to side or looking at another point in space,
0: which is very hard,
1: which can be very hard, but especially during testing. But when you do, you'll notice that you might be able to see things off to your left and your right side. You might see the ceiling above you and a little bit of the floor below you that's your entire visually field. So out of one eye in the average person, from your center vision to your temple, that means towards your ear, you got about 95 degrees. From your central vision towards your nose or nasally, there's about 60 degrees, and then Um, on a more of a vertical axis from center, it's about 60 degrees above and 75 degrees below center. So that gives each eye a horizontal field of range of 155 degrees and a vertical range of 135 degrees at any given time.
0: So that 20 degrees or less, that's a significant
1: difference. Exactly. Yes. And when we say degrees, no, this is not like temperature. This (laughs) is more like the angles that we talked about in geometry class, Mm -hmm. bringing it back in. Um,
0: Exactly.
1: Right. And field loss, a lot of times some people think of like tunnel vision and that's not totally wrong. Tunnel vision would be where you have central vision remaining. That, um, you know, definitely happens, but maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you've you know, lost your central vision, but you have some peripheral field uh, remaining, like in macular degeneration, for example. Mm -hmm. Can you think of other times when you might have some field loss, Ashley?
0: Well, you know, I'm just thinking uh, first thing that comes to my mind is a very fun word called heminopsia. And that's when, um, so you could possibly not have like maybe the, the upper portions of your visual field. And that's usually on both eyes. Right. Um, Or maybe it's just not the lefts of both eyes or rights or the, or, you know, the lower portion. So that's, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a big portion like that in both eyes.
1: And that's typically due to some kind of injury to the brain. So if there was a traumatic brain injury or a stroke, that's where you might get an entire hemisphere, um, like the right hemisphere out of both eyes that are lost. Um, But even then, you know, outside of having tunnel vision or almost the opposite of tunnel vision, or even these hemispheres lost, you might have, you know, almost patches or spots. Oh yes, definitely, especially
0: like with, Diabetic retinopathy mm-hmm.
1: and diabetic ret- or I'm sorry and retinitis pigmentosa is another one too. Yes. yes, where you know it's not quite tunnel vision, it's not quite you know loss of central vision. It's almost kind of splotchy, patchy spots in your vision where you have some remaining, and over time you'll have a gradual loss of the remainder of your field. So when how all- do they find this out? Lots of testing. So there's actually a number of different types of testing. There's Goldman Visual Fields, Humphreys. Your optometrist is going to know which testing to run on you based on your diagnosis and what suspected vision loss that they have. They even do confrontation ones where they might you know have you look at the optometrist nose and have fingers come in from the sides that one's pretty informal but might guide the optometrist in figuring out mm-hmm. specifically which testing to get that specific measurement of degrees um, of field loss a person might have yeah and this uh in the better eye also applies not just to visual acuity but to ah, your visual you field. That, that was
0: for visual field too i wasn't thought maybe I slipped that by it is so if you've
1: got 45 degrees of remaining vision in your better eye and five degrees in your worse eye you're not legally blind because at that point you actually have 50 degrees of remaining vision and that's well above the 20 degrees Mm -hmm. so you know even if one eye has significant field loss and quite a bit in the other or maybe full fields in the other and your visual acuity is still better than 2200 you are not legally blind That's kind of where that big or comes in. If you noticed in that definition, it really splits talking about your visual acuity, the clarity of your vision and any field loss you might have. Legal definition of blindness is an or for both of those. So you don't have to have field loss and Mm -hmm. poor acuity. It might be one or it might be the other. Now there are some individuals who meet the definition in both of those ways, and for Ooh, them, it, what
0: lucky ducks,
1: yeah. And for them, it is an and in that case. Um, but their legal questioning about whether they're legally blind really isn't in question at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're meeting both those definitions,
0: well, and you know, another thing I've always felt about the definition for legal blindness is I feel like the fact that it has an or gives such a like you know, kind of a tip off of. It is a spectrum. There's a lot going on with your vision. It's not as simple as you see or you don't see. And I think, you know, that's part that can get lost a little bit in translation. Um, But, you know, whenever you have a definition, especially for something medical like that, that there's an or, that means that whatever this is has a bit more to it than you might think on a first glance.
1: Right. And it is trying to be inclusive and understanding that, you know, that vision loss, like we talked about at the very beginning, some people think it's just blackness, but this is really just getting into, you know, you can have a full field of view, but it is super blurry you might have perfectly clear 20-20 vision but you're looking out of a straw in your lower hemisphere of your field of vision Mm -hmm. that's two totally different things and training for an individual like that might be different from somebody with another type of blindness or how it affects them exactly Um, there are some things that are really not included in a definition for legal blindness And your eye health and diagnosis actually plays no part in it. So whether you're diagnosed with glaucoma or RP or
0: age-related macular degeneration.
1: Exactly. You know, what the actual diagnosis is has no play in that. It's really the effects of that. Um, Also, all those people out there that are colorblind, I'm sorry, color also plays no part in the definition of legal blindness.
0: That's just a really generous use of the word blind
1: in that one. Right, right. Kind of in a sense that you can't see something, but...
0: You're more color compromised.
1: Right, yeah. So the ability to identify and determine colors has no bearing on legal blindness. Um, Two things that are also not measured but can affect somebody's ability to function normally in the world has to do with ocular motor abilities, which is just your eyes ability to move in coordination with your brain and visual perceptual skills, which is the cognitive understanding of the visual information that your brain is receiving and trying to process and understand. So. There's lots of things that can go on with your vision. Mm -hmm. Um, There are specific measurements that we've talked about today um, that constitute a legal definition of blindness and that can affect your benefits, um, especially within the Department of Veteran Affairs, but also within Social Security and other disability agencies. Um, So please check, like we said at the beginning, with your social worker or your VIS coordinator at the VA. Um, to talk about you know, where you fall within this spectrum of blindness and how that applies to you and what benefits you may be entitled to.
0: And if you have recently got been told by your eye doctor that you are legally blind and you don't have a VIS coordinator, and especially if they're within the VA, ask them who your VIS coordinator is so you can get their contact information and you can give them a call, but I wanna let you in on a little secret. Your VIS coordinator will get your name and be alerted and you'll be added to their list. So they will be reaching out to you. Right, right.
1: And following an an optometrist or possibly an ophthalmologist appointment where you have been declared legally blind based on the criteria we've talked about today, um, what you should leave that appointment with is what we call a legal blindness letter. This is that legal documentation from a certified mm-hmm. professional saying that you have met this criteria and these thresholds and in a legal manner you have been declared legally blind. So be sure to pick one up um, before you leave your appointment or if you've already left and you know told you were declared legally blind but don't have a copy of that letter, reach out to that optometrist who made that declaration and see if they can um, sign one for you and give a copy for you and your records.
0: And if, again, if you're getting your care at the VA, you should be able to pull up that document on your My Healthy Vet.
1: Right, that should be going in with the rest of your health records. Hmm. Friendly reminder: We can all prevent suicide. If you find yourself or a loved one needing the suicide and crisis lifeline the new phone number is 988 and if you're a veteran press 1.
0: If you'd rather text the number is 838255. They also have a web-based live chat and more information at www.veteranscrisisline.net. Each of these ways to connect are available 24 7 including the holidays. After you reach out, a caring, qualified responder will listen and help.
1: Your call, text, or chat is free and confidential. You decide
0: how much information to share. The support doesn't end with your conversation. Caring responders will connect you with resources that can help when you're in distress. You don't have to enroll in VA benefits or health care to connect. Again, the
1: Suicide and Crisis Lifeline phone number is 988. Press 1 if you're a veteran. If you'd rather send a text message, the number is 838-255. And the live chat is on www.veteranscrisisline.net.
0: Depending on our caseload, we may not be able to record new episodes as often as we'd like, but subscribing will help ensure that you don't ever miss a new release of Blind Vet Now What? Thanks again for joining us here on Blind Vet Now What. Please feel free to share this podcast with anyone you think may benefit from it. Until next time, thank thank you you for your service. service.